Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Be the one. I'm just excited that we have a church that believes in the next generation, believes in investing in the next generation because I was a young person who needed investing into. I would not be here today without pastors and leaders that says, I see something in you. I believe you're a leader. You have giftings. I didn't know that I was a leader. I didn't know I had giftings, but there were people in my life through ministries that focused on young people in the next generation that pulled that out. Even from the time I was in nursery at church, all the way through a teenager and youth group serving as as a leader, none of that would have happened apart from these opportunities that I was given. And so I can't wait because my kids, all four of my kids have benefited this summer. First time my youngest has been able to be a student on the Be The One Missions trip. So all four of my kids were able to go last, uh, the first week and they were all impacted greatly. And I can't wait to see what God does this week through Be The One Ministries. And if you want more information about it, the Connect Room will have a Be The One representative there. If you have a young person you would like to get connected, or if you're just like, what is that? What do they do? There is someone there that can answer your questions. But for those who don't know me, I just want to take a minute to introduce myself. Obviously, we're in a larger building now, and there are people in the room that I haven't gotten to meet yet. And my name is Katie Sexton, and I'm the pastor's wife here at the house. And we get to, my husband and I get to serve alongside each other to pastor this awesome church. And it is an honor to be here. It's an honor to be on this stage, to be able to minister to you. And if I haven't in person been able to meet you, I just want you to know that I am so glad you're here. Me and Pastor Stephen and I love y'all so much, and we love getting to do what we do here at the house. Um, I do want to take a second to honor some special visitors. Uh, This week, we happen to have three of our pastor friends let us know that they were going to be able to come to service today. And of course, no pressure on me since I'm preaching. (laughs) But uh, I want to welcome the Cannons, the Inmans, and the Rodriguez's. We all have it. Just stand up right now so we can honor you today. We just love y'all and appreciate you. Man, it's good to have friends in ministry and all of these couples pastor in different cities. And we are so grateful to be able to pastor with people with great hearts and great visions that uh, just want to do what God's asked them to do. It helps us run faster and it helps us run better. So if you get a chance to meet them after service, just make sure that you thank them for in behalf of their people that they're leading and they're loving. So um, I do want to jump into our message today. And this last series called Walk In, has been so impactful. I hope that you've enjoyed it, and I hope that you've been getting some tools and some principles to be able to walk into what God has for you. You know, as a mom of four, I have four children. They were 18 months apart, except the last two were 21 months apart. So uh, the saddest thing in my whole life is that they're not little anymore. (laughs) And so one of the things that I remember so clearly is like them learning how to walk. And there's just no easy way to learn how to walk. You know, you're going to fall a lot. You're going to run into a lot of walls. And uh, there's just a lot of natural consequences in that season of life that teach you how to walk. And so as we have moved into this building, which is so wonderful, and I'm so grateful, uh, one of my favorite things and things I'm most excited about is that we get to have our first VBS this year. And so this week... (laughs) 
at none of our previous buildings were able to facilitate a VBS. And it seems so far from my mind of being able to do that. But one of the things is, is we are able to have this building in this property in this neighborhood that has so many families. And so we get to do a VBS, which is so exciting. But as we've walked in, we keep on talking about the fact that we believe that walking into this building is just a physical representation of what God wants us to do spiritually. He is calling us to walk into more. He's calling us to walk into love. He's calling us to walk in truth. He's calling us, and my assignment today is that we would walk in freedom. And so we're going to talk about what God has for us in freedom, but one of the things about learning how to walk as a, a, you know, a one-year-old, a 15-month-old, you know, nine-month-old, you think of the, all the trial and error that they encounter. But we, too, in our Christian walk, encounter a lot of trial and error, and we do sometimes have to learn the hard way. But this series, Walk In, has helped give us tools so we don't have to learn everything the hard way. But it also has given us the tools if we're walking forward and we stumble, or if we're walking forward and we run into a wall, we don't stop. We don't stay there. We get back up and we go forward into what God has for us because we have the principles and the tools that we're able to do that. And so one of the things that I want to point out is uh, in this scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, you can turn there or uh, maybe look it up on your phone. It'll be on the screen. We're going to dive in to the word today. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. If you are familiar with that scripture, that is a very encouraging verse. It's so inspiring. You're like, who doesn't want something new? Come on. Who wants a used car when you can have a new car? Okay, so here we come into Christ and we are made new. So does this mean that you had brown eyes and they turned blue? Does this mean that in school you made C's and now you can make A pluses? Does this mean that you were an extrovert and then you got saved and you all of a sudden became an introvert? Well, of course, no. This made new, that we were made a new creation is talking about our spirit. Okay, so we have our spirit that connected with God's spirit and drew us into salvation in a moment of salvation. And we, were, we became new. And one of the greatest things about this moment, this encounter with God that we had, is that we were justified in that moment. If we were in a courtroom and there was a deciding factor of whether we were guilty or innocent, now the judge, God, would look at us because we were a new creation in Christ and say, you are innocent because of Christ. We were off the hook in that moment for the sin and the bad things that we've all thought that we've all done, because the thing is, is that, that Jesus in the New Testament challenged us. You may have done everything right, but what have you thought? What's in your heart? And so all of us have fallen short of the glory of God and must come into salvation to be made new. You know, I think that one of the things about this scripture that can almost, if we don't understand that our spirit has been made new, but some things haven't changed. So what happens is we fall into the same cycle that we fell into before we came into Christ. We have the same negative thought. 
we're tempted by the same thing. We have hurt from our past that didn't necessarily just go away. Something happens and something triggers us and all of a sudden that wound opens up and starts bleeding again. And we're like, but it says I'm a new creation. So did it work? Did it really work? And what I want to tell us today is that it really worked. Your salvation is not pending. Okay, so it is already made full in the moment that you accept Christ. And we are healed, we are freed, we are delivered, and we are made new in our spirit. And so one of the things that I feel like hinders us from walking in freedom is truly being disillusioned and getting discouraged by these cycles we're still facing, by these temptations we're still facing, by these negative thoughts we're still thinking, by these hurts that we've encountered from our generational past, from people in our lives that very much were broken and had sin. And because of that sin hurt us, and then we are broken, and then because of our sin, then we hurt others. And there's this cycle that we very much have been living in before Christ. Christ makes us new, and we're wondering why, is that, why isn't that all gone? And I want to talk about how we can truly be free. I know for sure I was wondering this at a young age, because I was saved at a young age. I'm grateful for that. But one of my biggest hurdles, habits, and hang-ups was my lack of time management. Okay, so this has been an issue from a young age, and I am telling you I've cried more tears. I have fought more fights. I have thankfully not lost any jobs, but I am telling you that this has been something that has I have gone to God and been like, why didn't, if I'm new, why didn't you change this about me? <laughs> why am I not just better at time? You know, the Bible says that there is a time for everything. And I'm just going to let you know when I get to heaven, I'm going to have a conversation with God and be like, I want to talk to you because everything never fit on my calendar. <laughs> I could never seem to get to everything. And so here I um, have listened to sermons about how inconsiderate people who have lack of time management is. And I'm like, I am a considerate person. I really, really am. And then I listened to a sermon once. They're like, well, it's because of hidden anger. Hidden suppressed anger is the, the reason why you have bad time management. And I remember being like, but I'm really not angry. <laughs> I had a bad habit and a bad um, practice of something that would ultimately be detrimental to others and to myself that had to change and did not change in the moment of my salvation because my soul and my body still needed to change. See, if you are saved and you had a defining moment, and I do believe that in your defining moment, most likely you felt a draw from the Lord. You felt a weight lifted off of your shoulders when you became saved. I hope that, you know, in that moment, you even may have felt a tingle or a goosebump. Okay, so your soul and your body were very much involved, but it was your spirit that was made new. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5.23. It says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, Paul faced, was wanting the Thessalonians to know. They were thinking the same thing. They were like, did it work? 
Like when Jesus made me a new creation, did it work? Like here I am, I have these same patterns, I have these same hurts, I have these same temptations, and I don't, I don't know what to do with them. And so Paul is saying, here, I'm writing you this letter, all to the Thessalonians, and at the end of the letter, I'm going to bless you and challenge you and exhort you and say, hey, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Everybody say completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord. So this means he was saying, hey, y'all, there's a three-part being. You are spirit, soul, and body. And the reason why it will be easy to get discouraged and quit is because you're not attending to your soul and your body. Your spirit has been made new, but your soul and your body is the expression to the world of what has happened in your spirit. He has given us stewardship over our soul and our body. And so we get to align it with what's happened in our spirit. So our soul is made of mind, will, and emotions. See, 1 Corinthians 9.27 spoke specifically to our body. And it says, I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. And so I think it's sobering when we read the scripture and it says, don't disqualify yourself. And it kind of can get a little bit like, that's a lot of pressure. How can I do everything right? But the awesome thing about God is he makes a way. He doesn't say, do, take this magic pill and everything's better. He says, here, follow me. Follow my narrow, hard to find path. And there I will give you a yoke that is easy and a burden that is light because you start walking down the path of sanctification. That path is a process, and that begins on the day that we are saved. Our spirit is made new, and now every single day we submit our soul, spirit, soul, and body to the process of sanctification that God has us on. So it does take discipline, and it will, if we do not steward, it will disqualify us. The world will look and say, you know what? Their life doesn't look like what they preach. And that can feel heavy, but it doesn't have to be heavy if we understand that the sanctification process is a process of humility. The world doesn't need you to be perfect. The world needs to see us fall and get back up. The world needs us to see us doing something different to prevent the the running into the walls and the falling that they may not have had the principles or tools to be able to prevent. So it's both. It's avoiding those things and not doing it the hard way. And then when we do fall and hit the wall, we get back up and we keep going and we put in more tools in our toolbox to walk in an overcoming free life. Upon salvation, our spirit is made new, but there is a whole bunch of healing and a whole bunch of discipline that is needed from that time on to forever. And that's exactly what Paul told him. He said, let the Lord sanctify you, spirit, soul, and body, until Jesus comes back. So that means for forever, for the rest of your life, you're never going to be off of the process of sanctification. It is a journey until we reach heaven. And so every single day we have an opportunity to humble ourselves before the Spirit of God, and say, actually, completely sanctify me. 
No part of me is hidden from you. No part of me is off limits. You, Lord, come in and do what you want to do. And so Romans 8, 5 talks about our flesh. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. And this tells us we do make choices every day. And before we knew Christ, all we knew was the flesh. All we knew was our five senses. All we knew is what we smelled, we touched, we heard. You, you get my picture. And so he's saying, your old man only knew how to live by the flesh. So if you're going to live in the spirit, you've got to connect your spirit with the Holy Spirit. And you've got to live beyond everything that you can see, touch, feel, smell. You have to live by faith. And the word specifically says that we don't live by sight, but by faith. So that means you have an encounter with God at an altar. You have an experience with God in salvation. And then you walk out that day, out that door every day, and you walk by faith. And you walk the journey of allowing God to change our whole lives. Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to be present, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Okay, so here's the deal. This is the key verse I want to, or key word I want to point out. We have to renew our minds to be transformed. That is an everyday process. Our mind is a part of our soul. But that by detesting, you may discern what is the will of God. What is the will of God? Well, we can't know the will of God apart from the word of God. And so we have to be in the word of God to renew our minds and to test what's in our soul and what's in our body. Okay, so the testing... It's not like a final that you go into school and you're stressed out about and you stayed up all night to study hoping you would pass. This testing is literally just questioning. If we do not question every thought that enters our head, we will be deceived. If we do not question every feeling that we feel, we will be deceived. If we don't question every action that we take with our bodies, every movement, everything that we do, then we will be deceived and we're going to be the ones wondering, I thought I was free. How do I get free? And the Lord is saying, begin the process of sanctification by questioning every thought that enters your mind. Because believe me, Jesus didn't die on the cross for you to be saved, healed, delivered, freed for a negative thought to keep you from experiencing freedom in your soul and your body. And we have to take authority over that. We have to take authority. The power that we, we received in our spirit at salvation. The power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead that lives within us. We have to be able to say, I take authority over that thought that will lead me to destruction and bondage. And I will not allow that thought to win in my life today because I am on a daily journey of sanctification. And every single part of my life has to be questioned so that I can therefore be blameless before Christ when he returns. Yeah. 
You know, I do think just specifically in my own life, I've had to question my thoughts, even in little things in my marriage. You know, we have a garage door that is, not a garage door, but the door that comes into the house through the garage. For some reason, everybody like runs and like slams it and they run into the house. And I remember when we first moved into this house, it was like everybody was slamming the door all the time. And I'm like, of course in me, I'm like, my past tells me that everybody's mad because this door is always slamming. And that is a thought. That's something so small, but I want you to show you a small thought that we must question because here's the deal. This is what can happen. They slam the door. I have a memory of people slamming the door. So therefore I feel rejected. So therefore I feel unloved. And then all of a sudden someone coming into the house and had no intention whatsoever, all of a sudden is on my die list. (laughs) Okay. So what do you want to do? You want to get back at someone who makes you feel unloved. And all of a sudden, the people that love you the most are the people that you're against. All because a thought wasn't questioned. Because at some point, I have to be like, huh, I wonder why it sounded like the door slammed. (laughs) I wonder if they were mad or if they were just running through the house. Okay, so those things show us truth. Truth sets us free. And if we start questioning every thought that comes in our head, then we can begin to realize that we're believing a lot of lies. And those lies are leading us to deception and bondage that God does not intend for us. He has already freed us, and all he wants us to do is to live in that freedom in our soul and our body. But if we don't question it, we will stay bound. It's the same with our bodies. Well, I used to go to the club every weekend. Well, I used to just have a little bit of medical marijuana at night to calm me down. I'm just saying substances, addictions, coping mechanisms that we've done with our body. I mean, I love Epsom salt baths, but it can't be my salvation. And I have to question, is that something that reflects the spirit inside of me that is free? Or is that something that is keeping me bound to the old man that I am no longer? There is freedom for you. We've all been influenced by the enemy. I don't know about you, but I know when I see a phone in my home, you know, laid to rest. I have four teenagers, so they all have a phone. And my husband. You know, you just want to go down there and be like, uh, beach vacation. You want to be like, uh, how to spoil your wife. Um, Maybe like, uh, what to grill tonight. Maybe for my kids, it may be like, how to keep a clean room. (laughs) And what you're doing is, what are you doing? You are influencing the target ads that come up in their search engine. (laughs) And so who doesn't want to help yourself out a little bit and let Safari and Google kind of lead your people to what you would like for them to uh, learn and, and see. Okay, so the enemy already had this figured out way before Google and Apple and everybody else who did it. That is what the enemy does. He has target ads out on us all the time. And we wonder, we're like, why am I tripping up, tripping up, tripping up, tripping up, tripping up? Why is this temptation getting the best of me? Why is this negative thought keep entering into my head? And not only does this negative thought come, but a hundred more negative thoughts come afterwards. It's an infestation. And so we have to remember that the enemy has set up target ads in our life. And if we are not able to recognize that, we will believe it. 
We will follow them. We will click on that clickbait. And we'll say, give me more. Give me more negative thoughts. Give me more temptation. Give me more bondage. And the enemy knows that we're saved. Our spirit is made new. But he also knows that he can disqualify us. So the world around us look at us and say, see, that's not the real deal. But the thing is, you have the real deal. And you can start today the sanctification process. If you're in this room and you're like, I have been saved and I have not done that. I have not gone through that process. I have not questioned my thoughts. I have not questioned my, my actions. I have le- left myself in bondage. Today is the day that you can walk the path of sanctification and you can begin seeing transformation in your life every day from this day forward because you have the power to renew your mind and see Christ's freedom that is in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body. You know, one of the things that I believe that we see is that we've all been influenced by the God of this world, who is Satan. And we've been influenced by his agenda because he has a clear one to steal, kill, and destroy from our lives. You know, it's subtle, but it's loud. And there is a religion that our culture carries, and it's called humanism. And it promises us its own version of freedom, independence, carefree living, being true to yourself. No need to think of eternity. What you see is all there is. And this is definitely the mantra of the world when we turn on our TVs, whether it's commercials or shows or social media or songs. We hear this playing, these agenda, this, the enemy's agenda to steal, kill, and destroy from our lives and keep us bound. Okay, so he wants us to entertain ourselves with his ideas. And so I understand that the word says that we are to be in the world but not of the world. I'm not telling you have to cancel every streaming show that you have or anything. But what my job is, is that I want to help us be aware. So that I can be in this world, but I recognize exactly what that movie just told me. I'm just telling you, I I don't watch every movie because some of them have like blatant things that I just avoid because I just don't want to fill my spirit with that. I don't want to have the devil come suck life out of me. I want God to put life in me. And so, uh, but we went to go see Jurassic World as a family. I have older kids. We've been watching Jurassic Park since they were little and since I was little because it's that old. Uh, But, you know, this last one had so many hidden messages in it. And it was, I mean, Jurassic Park is like the least realistic movie in the whole wide world. So you're just watching it. It's just entertainment. But here you have the professor coming on and saying, we don't have dominion. We just are a part of the ecosystem and the animals like are going to take over or whatever. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Uh, the Bible says we have dominion. <laughs> and so that is not true. And thankfully, because my kids have been raised and taught, they, as soon as they came out of the movie, they were like, that's not true. That's not true. Did you see that? And they were catching these in agenda they were, they were catching these lies and say, oh, that's so stupid. I can't believe they said that. And so I'm so proud of the word of God that has renewed their mind in such a way that they can recognize the enemy. I know we have a long way to go, and I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that we as a church and as a Christian, as a believer, we cannot just sit in the muck of the world and not recognize when they're trying to lie to us. We have to recognize that so we can truly be the light of the world. So these messages have come subtly, 
through company HR policies, through public education and universities, through self-help avenues, through mental health counselors, through even some denominations and churches who preach these humanistic philosophies. And I do believe that the worldview that is presented in unexpected places, the, the word says that we can have eyes to see and we can have ears to hear. And that's what I'm praying for our church. Here are the four thoughts of humanism simplified so we can recognize these messages. The world's belief system says our feelings are our guide, happiness is our goal, judgment is the only sin, and God is a guess. It basically wants to de-deify God and his authority. It, the world wants us to say, you know what, he's just somebody you occasionally consult. He's not really who you think he is. How is he really involved? He's not really in charge, actually. He can be whoever you want that serves you best. And that's exactly the God the world wants. They want a God that they can put in a box and not have to submit to. But if we are not in the sanctification process, that's the, what we want God to be. We want God to be in a box and to submit to our process, submit to our will, to submit to our thoughts, to submit to our feelings, to submit to our bodily desires. And he will not do it because he is the authority and his word gives us direction on how to renew our minds and change everything. And as we talk about walking in freedom, I must address what freedom is and what it's not. This religion of the world will provide us a pseudo love, a pseudo truth, a pseudo freedom. It's all false and fake and it will not produce any fruit in your life. It will only bind us more. The preface of humanism is that we are all inherently good but the word says that we have a sin nature the word says there's no freedom apart from christ who died that we could be free from sin sin is what we must be free from because it leads to death what kind of death do you ask it leads to death spiritually it leads to death emotionally it leads to death mentally it leads to death relationally how many have we been, have us have been affected by relationships that had to end because of sin? That is not God's plan. He says that he has a gift and a spirit of reconciliation. But yet sin does cause relationships to have to separate. Not only our relationships with people, but our relationships with God. And the word says that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And one of the things that I want us to know and I want us to grasp tighter than anything else is the promises of God and our pursuit of relationship with Him. Because no matter what winds come and no matter what waves come, those are the things that we hold on to tightly. And we've got to be able to recognize the message of the enemy to be able to hold on to the right things. Specifically with this philosophy of humanism, I just want to counteract a little bit of these messages. We can call sin a feeling and let it guide us, but it will lead us right to death. 
We can pursue happiness and the things that make us feel good because the Bible says that sin is pleasurable for a season, but it will lead us to death. We can fight anyone who stands in our way because of our life choices. We can cancel, we can attack, we can lie to push back the haters, but it won't bring us freedom, only death. If this earth is all we're living for, God can just be a philosophy, an option. But if eternity is what we are living for, Christ is our authority and following his way is the only way. I believe that you can have freedom today. The word says in James that the word is likened to a mirror. When we read the Bible, it's a mirror to what's really in our soul and what really our body is doing. And so I don't know about you, but I would never go out of the house without looking in the mirror first to make sure there's nothing that's gonna embarrass me, of course. But just like all of you probably have had one story that you ran out of the house and you're like, I did not look in the mirror and of course you paid for it. I was at a basketball game a couple weeks ago and I had ran out of the house, taken my son to his basketball game. And of course I sit there and I had been there the whole game talking to other people. But of course, after the game, this other mom looked at me and said, you know, you have this big old line on your face from your makeup and like, and I'm like, seriously? Like you literally waited to the end of the game to tell me. But I realized, I started wiping it off and she's like, no, you didn't get it. And I'm like, wiping it off, I'm like rubbing. She's like, you didn't get it. I was like, I'm just gonna go to the bathroom. And because what happened is, is the mirror was what I needed. I couldn't correct it apart from the mirror. The mirror had to show me where the black line was that she was telling me about, and then I had to fix it. And we have the opportunity every single day to look in the mirror of the Word of God to show us what our soul is really like and to show us what our body is really like. What are we really expressing right now to the world? Is this bondage or is it freedom? And that's why I'm so, I'm so wanting to challenge us that we would not be Sunday morning Christians that only look at the scripture on the screen that the pastor preaches, but that we would read the word every day continually. I know that there's days that you didn't get to it. I get it. But on this sanctification process, can we commit to do more and more days so that we can be more and more free, so that our soul doesn't have to be bound anymore, so that we're not totally enslaved to the temptations of our body? Now, there are tools out there. Who has seen those shirts or those messages? Jesus and coffee. Jesus and mental health. Jesus and... That's great. Coffee's great. Mental health is great. I'm for counseling. It's just not in place of Jesus. If you are saying that you have to have something and Jesus, you've taken that something and forgot it was a tool. It is not your savior. There is no salvation apart from Christ. And that is something when we look in the word, we realize that when he asks us to be crucified as Christ was, 
that's something we do every day when we look in the mirror of the word and say, okay, that'll change too. I'll change that too. Okay, God, that hurts really bad, but I will allow you to heal that too. I really, really, really want to do this, but I will allow your discipline to change my life. And I believe that we're gonna see a shift in the house culture, but also in Northwest Arkansas culture as we have more and more people committed to walk free. So as we go into ministry time, I know there are people in this room that have been walking successfully. And I believe there's a couple of you, a few of you that may have come into this room and said, you know what, I'm, this is my last attempt because I've tried so much and I, I, I just wanna give up because it doesn't seem like it's working for me. But I want to tell you to try again that your frustration and your disillusionment has nothing to do with what Christ has done in your spirit. Your spirit is saved, healed, delivered, freed. And will you come with us on the journey of sanctification? And we are all gonna see the fruit of that in our soul and our body. And guess who else is gonna see the fruit? The people around us. Who else is gonna see the fruit? The generations that come through us. The next generation. The people that need Jesus the most. Because someone was willing to say, I'll go down the path of sanctification. So I do want to reflect on this question. And instead of asking yourself, I actually want you to ask the Holy Spirit. Use this moment to have a personal moment with Him and say, Holy Spirit, what thoughts or actions are keeping you, keeping me from walking in complete freedom? Just ask Him, Lord, what do you want to show me that you are wanting me to walk in more freedom in? Now we do have a freedom life group. Every fall and spring, we have an opportunity to go through a 10 week course that has lots and lots of tools that you are able to benefit from. And I would highly encourage you to go to the Next Steps room and talk to them about our freedom curriculum coming up this fall that you can be a part of that I believe will give you so many tools to come out of the victim mindset, to come out of addiction, to come out of sin, to come out of those negative thoughts. But today I believe that there is gonna be a spiritual moment because the anointing breaks the yoke. And so as much as I want you to walk in freedom outside of these doors, I understand that everyone needs a moment at the altar. Sometimes we do need deliverance. I remember specifically, and Autumn Cannon is here, when I was delivered from the spirit of fear and she was on that Zoom call with me when someone prayed over my life and I was set free for forever. I had been oppressed by the spirit of fear for years. And of course I've had to walk it out. And of course I have continued to face fear, but guess what? It no longer rules my life. I face it and I recognize it and I know that that's not God's plan for me. And so I'm able to walk out of it and walk free. Because of that deliverance moment that spurred me on to walk in faith. Does every day, do I say I don't have any fear? No. Every day I walk in faith because it's not by sight. But being able to recognize what may very well be pushing you down and holding you back is important to come.
come to this altar and have someone agree with you in prayer, that that would be broken off of your life. And so that is what we're gonna do at the end of service today. But the worship band is gonna play and we're gonna bow our heads right now. We're gonna ask the Holy Spirit, what thoughts, what action are you wanting me to be free in? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.